Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel, and with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. I just need to tell you something really important. What's that? Okay, since, you know, we all know that you're the authority in this mm. podcast. I am the law. Mm. Yeah. To permit irresponsibility. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I said that wrong. Take two. <laughs> Go. <laughs> to permit irresponsible authority is to sell disaster. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> With law and order now? Where's that from? What? What you just said? I, was, I don't know the entire dialogue for that movie. You should. I know, right? It's like a thousand times. Hi, everybody. What's going on? <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. That we don't like to be these days. Uh, real Appeal <laughs> with two E's and real. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Please review us on iTunes. Give us our five star. Give us, give us our five star reviews. Yeah, we want we, them. We own those. We, well, we own them, but also like we're entitled to it. So yeah, we're like, um, I guess you say like maybe Mario Brother characters, where like we lose our star and we have to collect them again, but they're rightfully ours anyway. So give them back. And then when we get the star, we're like super powered, like exactly, just like that with that facial expression. People should see that. I have seen fear. On this podcast. <laughs> and her name is Kelsey. No, that's the name of the lady in the Tide commercial. <laughs> was that Tide? Yeah. The detergent commercial. Kelsey. No, it was Gain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we are doing the news. We're doing a recent review. The recent review is Space Wars from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers is going to be our geriatric cinematic. Yes. I almost forgot. I thought we did that one. I know. You you keep swearing up and down that we did that episode, but we've we've probably talked about that movie at least once in every episode. We'll mention it like offhandedly or some shit like that. Yeah. But we figured it'd be the best opportunity for us to talk about that and tag that along with um, Netflix's Space Force. We'll let you guys decide which is funnier. <laughs> Damn, Kelsey got some meat ass side eye. Mm. What's the uh, topic today? Space and space bugs. I thought it was a different one. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No. No. The, the title. No, no, no. I don't want to tell them the title. They'll see the t- well. They're, they're, they're going to see. The they're t- going to see the title. Shh, it's a secret. Okay. Yeah. It's, nobody in the room tells us. <laughs> don't tell anyone else. It's yeah. brain bugs and space cadets. Yay! Brain <laughs> bugs and space cadets. I've been like in a really singing mood since I took a nap today. <laughs> I just want you to know mm-hmm. that we never have the title before the beginning of the show. Yeah, we normally and come it's with funny the title. because two episodes from now we already have a title <laughs> because we were gonna do that yeah next episode and then we decided to do something else yeah so we're like four steps ahead yeah four steps ahead. we are four steps even ahead. though it's only two episodes ahead we're four steps ahead because i do math well you know because we have two feet both of us mm-hmm. last time i checked so put our steps together we got four steps so two episodes four steps but you're a guy so you have like a third leg so oh thank you doesn't count i <laughs> thank you i <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that they, you never heard it referred to as that yeah i have but someone to actually say that about me you know every guy likes to hear you know 
from opposite sex, same sex, whatever, that they think they have a third leg. And that's I very that was, I thought it was just like a thing to say, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Good job, Bob, third that, leg. No, that's how. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how you, something you refer to it as, not you refer to it as that because of its size, just like. No, that's. You I mean, just say that. You no, know, you say that in re- in reference to like the size of it, because it's you know no one ever actually has a third leg. I, if they do, it's not fun for the other person. From what I heard. <laughs> from what you heard. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard. Wink, wink. <laughs> <sighs> All right, can we do the news? <laughs> All right, uh, upgrade. You know, not the Beyonce song. <laughs> um, the movie with great value, Tom Hardy. What was the actor's name? Something Marshall Green. Tim Walsh? No, it's not Tim Walsh. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going while I find information. Um, the Upgrade the Movie is coming out with an Upgrade the TV Series sequel. I mean, they're not coming out with it. I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. Logan Marshall. There you go. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. Um, so Lee Whannell m- made the sci-fi movie... And now they're doing a TV series with Blumhouse mm-hmm. and UCP. I don't know what UCP is. It's another production company. Um, and it's going to be co-created and executive produced by Wanell and Tim Walsh um, of Treadstone. I have heard nothing about Treadstone. And that's like supposed to be the Jason Bourne TV series. Yeah. And I have heard like, jack shit about it. I thought that was the company that you worked for. I'm like, God, this sounds like the Jason Bourne thing. <laughs> yeah, that was the Black Ops organization. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get like a lot of stones in my head because like there's Treadstone. <laughs> and there's... I like how... I mean, well, look, <laughs> I'm, you know, I work for commercial real estate, right? Uh, we got Blackstone, which sounds like a evil corporation. That does. But it's a landlord company. An evil landlord corporation. <laughs> we got Black Creek. That sounds like a, a whiskey or bourbon. That does, actually. Their logo kind of reminds me of it, too. Or like, um, <laughs> like, like a, a logo sh- sh- from like L.L. Bean or something. Is it like a ship or some shit? No. Oh, okay. It's like a river with mountains. Oh, okay. Um, some dirty-ass river. Well, the river's clean and the mountains are black, even though it's Black Creek. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Um... What else we got about the upgrade? So it's going to be a few years after the movie ends. This is where they're going to pick up with the... Oh, that's where the series is going to take place? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's going to be a few years later. And um, I guess how they're going to spin it is like it's going to be the AI um, called STEM. Mm-hmm. If you didn't watch the movie. Um, they've made some like reconfigurations to it or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. supposed to be new and improved. And um, society now uses it to... Um, like everyday lives or shit like that? No, not everyday lives. Like, um, my brain's not working. It, oh, hope the, it's helped. Uh, so, like, keep crim- crime down. Yeah, it's helped curb uh, criminal activity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like we're playing like <laughs> like charades or something. <laughs> charades like, with new story. <laughs> you know, because like I'm like I can't say the word. You're like, what is it? What is it? <laughs> Okay, so uh, upgrade, upgrade was a great. That was a great, 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 like kind of sleeper hit film. Yeah, um, it was almost like an indie. 
It's, it's it's Bloomhouse, so it's made like dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Like I think the budget was like eight million dollars or something like that. But um, it has like I know it does have like a super strong cult following, and also um, the best shot ever. Oh, I love those shots by um, uh, what's his name, Lee Wanell. Um, and I I'm actually kind I'm I'm kind of stoked, but the fact that it's going to be used to like fight crime makes it come off like it's going to be like another procedural. Mm-hmm. And plus. Um, let me see. It doesn't say. It doesn't say what station is going to end up. Oh, USA Network. Uh, I don't know about that now. Well, it did. Ha- Let me see. USA does have the Purge. Oh uh, no, no, no! I don't think it's going to be on USA. I just think that that's where um, the Purge. Oh, okay. Crew gotcha. Came from. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. So maybe, maybe probably end up on Amazon or something like that. Um, I think actually Bloomhouse is working with Amazon, if I remember correctly. So maybe it will be on Amazon. I can get but that doesn't that. mean it's going to be great, though. Like, that is true, but Amazon do have they do have some really good shows on there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm like I said I'm mildly cautious about this. Uh, I, if anything, after that first one ended, I was like, yo, I want a second one like right now because mm-hmm. that ending was so freaking great. Uh, but I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I, it's it's cool that that this show this I guess now franchise is getting a sequel. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Lee Wanell did. Uh the Invisible Man too, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I'm actually really surprised that I liked. So am I. I thought it was going to be bad. I thought it was going to be shit. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 let's give it a chance because we got to give all the movies no, a chance. No, no. Originally, originally when we first saw the trailer, I was out. I was like, yo, they just like giving you everything in this fucking movie. Like, oh I, yeah, you I was were. so pissed off. And then finally, I was just like, all right, let's just go see it. Let's see what's up. And it was like, it was pleasantly good. All right, so what else is going on in the news? Is that Scott Durkins, the man behind... Derrickson? Derrickson, we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Derrickson, sorry. Um, He is set to direct Labyrinth, uh, the sequel, which shocked as shit that this is actually happening. Uh, Derrickson, who's most famously known now as the guy behind Doctor Strange, and who actually left the sequel to Doctor Strange... Uh, to pursue other projects because of creative differences, is uh, set to direct this sequel by uh, Trisar Pictures and um, Jim ha- Jim Hansen Productions helping out with it as well. Um, <laughs> Labyrinth has like a super has another cult following. I mean, it's it's weirdness and kind of like really dark humor and kind of like I think I would have been terrified of that movie as a kid. I think that's why a lot of people wa- a lot of people like it now because ter- it terrified them as a kid and they just like learned to love it. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I was very terrified of David Bowie's bulge. Frightening, <laughs> very frightening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, there has been um, there has been a set of uh, kind of like sequels and tie-ins over the past three decades. There have been like novels and comics, video games, and of course, there has been a lot of like. Midnight screenings of this film. Uh, apparently, I didn't even know this. There's an annual fan masquerade ball, which that sounds kind of interesting. Uh, let me see. Lisa Hansen of the Jim Hansen Company is producing with Brian Hansen as executive producer. Uh, Derrickson's uh, executive producer with his frequent collaborator, C. Robert Cargill. C. Robert Cargill is a really great writer. Um, he's done a lot of scripts. Follow uh, him on Twitter. Yeah, he's a really, really cool guy. Uh, very helpful if you are stuck in a writer's block. He will, if you tweet at him advice, he'll throw it back at you and say, hey, like, try this, this, and this. Yeah. Really nice guy. So we'll have to wait and see 
how that's going to turn out. It might be a success. Um, that reminds me when, um, what was that one? There was a Nef- The Dark Crystal. Uh, Dark Crystal. Quethel. <laughs> the Dark Crystal got a prequel on Netflix. That was a that was a mild success mm-hmm. as well when that came out. So there's no word on where it's going to land. If it so far it says it says sequel, but it doesn't say if it's going to be like a feature length sequel or like I don't know maybe turned into a series. Which I think it'd be great if they turned into a series. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with it because. I think of the lab. I think of labyrinth, and mm. I just remember orange mullets and unibrows and like, like crazy puppet things. Like they almost look like trash puppets and stuff like that. It's yeah. like it's like peak eighties Jim Henson's like sepia tone brown gray skies, funky looking shit. Yeah, that this looks like. Oh, cool! I found this in a thrift store. Now it's a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. What also happened in the news? Um, Henry Cavill is in talks to come back as Superman, which leads me to believe that he was not going to be Superman at one point. Um, I thought they said that, like he was like not going to come it back. It was always like back and forth. They could never, he could never confirm or deny that he was going to come back as Superman, especially since how Warner Brothers has essentially kind of, they fucked up the DC DCEU at the start, mm-hmm. and now they're barely getting their footing. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Ben Affleck was Batman for like two movies, and then he was like, I'm out. <laughs> and that Flash movie will probably never, ever get made. That movie's been in production for like four years or some shit. Yeah. I hope it never does. Yeah. So, uh, uh, thanks for slamming the door, asshole. Well, you didn't hear it the first time? No, I did. I was just trying to ignore it. This one's like, bang, bang. <laughs> uh, so, a report comes out that uh, Superman said returned, but not in a direct sequel of Man of Steel. Um, it said they're going to like, it's kind of weird. They're going to play him up. It's like he's going to be on tour. Like Yeah, almost like how, uh, almost how like Banner or uh, the Hulk was kind of popping up here and there, like other crossovers with the MCU. Like, um, oh, like Nick Fury. Nick Fury would show up mm-hmm. and be like, you know, Avengers Initiative and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to, they're going to kind of do do it like that I mean I'm cool with that the problem is like it seems like they can't seem to write a good Superman story because whoever is behind trying to put these ideas together they don't really get the character and the complexity of the character I know people are just like oh he's like superhuman he's unstoppable how can you make that into a valid story Mm -hmm. well you gotta think about it like if you did anything he's an immigrant his whole plan has been destroyed Mm -hmm. he has to like when he's out in public, he's constantly in, in secret identity. He can never be himself. I and mean, he's black. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> have to pretend we're white to not die. Uh, and uh, what's another thing? And that he always has to be careful. Like, if he, if he loses his temper, he can probably, like, decimate a fucking city and shit like that. That's true. So. I, was, I thought you were going to lead with, it's the curse of Superman. What, what, you what, never what? heard of this, the curse? Like, oh, Christopher Reed and George uh, George Reeve and Dean Cain. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't say. I think that curse is gone, especially with Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is like a, a legit actor. Well, he's a good actor. It doesn't mean shit don't happen. That's true, but we never got any reports. I mean, there's never any reports that you know something bad happened to Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. You, the, you know something bad did happen to Henry Cavill. What was that? 
that mustache <laughs> removal. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. That was that was the I Warner know it's Brothers. Not his fault. That I'm was just the saying. Warner Brothers curse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the funny thing is, like that mustache looked dope on him in uh, the last Mission Impossible movie. I was like, all right, I can see that mustache work for you. Hmm. That shit was so hilarious. <laughs> <Jesus> Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's. It's, He's in talks. It's not guaranteed. Um, th- and if he does come back, it's kind of, I don't know how they're going to incorporate this with like, um, like uh, Matt Reeves' new Batman. Because we got another Bat- a different Batman this time. Mm-hmm. You know, at what time that is that going to take place? At the time of the Superman cameos, when are they going to take place? It's, once again, it's DC, it's, it's Warner Bros. Just kind of going like, well, let's see what works, what works again. You know what they should do? Hmm. They should make an alternate universe. Okay. Where all the Batmans from all the movies converge uh-huh. and do the Spider-Man pointing thing. <laughs> Be Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Adam West, and <laughs> <laughs> Christian Bale. Hey, you, you, you. They, if anything, tell you, they could fix this if, um, if they ever get that fucking Flash movie off the ground with the Flashpoint Paradox timeline. Okay, yeah. Where, like, you know... It, it was it was the flashpoint for people who don't know they don't even have to make that movie they could just mention it in the new batman <laughs> movie and don't bore us with a, a flash movie <laughs> that's another thing flash is an interesting character as well i actually i actually yeah. really like i actually really like the flash um i used to watch the show but i actually like the character in comic book form but um whenever D, with, like the dc when they decided to reboot uh their whole comic book lineup they did and they did like the new 52 they did what's called the flashpoint paradox where they essentially just erased everything that happened in the past dc shit uh-huh. and then just like restarted at a certain point and that's mm-hmm. where we got like new 52 and then like they redid it again um not because of flash but i think of like uh they there was like a connection to like watchmen and like uh dr manhattan or some shit like it was really wow. fucking crazy so yeah so henry cavill talks come back i mean he, he's 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 I, I like a superman he's a good superman um, he just gotta have, and it goes with the writing, because he didn't really have the whole Boy Scout kind of attitude, and like the Man of, St- Man of Steel film, mm-hmm. or even like the other ones. But if, do you need that? Yeah, because that's. I mean, you can't have Superman uh, brood next to Batman, because <laughs> Batman is the king <laughs> of brooding. You're just getting two brooding guys, so you gotta have the Boy Scout. That sounds. Huh. Like, uh, you know, My Little Bronies. What's that? My Little Ponies, but there's like a huge like adult male following of it. Oh, so they okay, call them, yeah. 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 This sounds like something they would watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, nobody loves me. I'm a cute pony. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nobody loves you. Nobody loves me either. What's a... So what's, I'm Superman. What's a My Little Pony? Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. What's a... <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> Can I tell him the Katie Holmes story? Yeah. No. Before... No? Yeah. Okay. When we were... Before we were recording, I was trying to re- remind Kelsey or help Kelsey see... Or, sorry, ask Kelsey if she's seen any of the <laughs> Superman movies. And she's like, I think I saw one with the head, like, Katie Holmes in it. I was like... What? <laughs> that was Batman. That's a completely different movie. And then I said, "Oh no, Rachel McAdams. She was in uh, the Superman Returns." And then my dumbass is like, "Oh no, it was Kate Bosworth." 
what what Superman movie had a plane crash in it? That's Superman Returns. That's the one I saw. That's the one you saw. Okay. That one is actually considered a sequel of the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Oh. Because it's like the same kind of attitude. Bradley Roth even looks like Christopher Reeves in that movie. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think he's playing like um, Inspector Gadget guy. Married to Sarah Jessica Parker. Wait, what? The guy who's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, um... Not, why am I saying Matthew Broderick? Yeah, that guy. Okay, why'd you bring that guy up? I think he's plain like him. Oh, oh, like you mean, he's really forgettable. Mmm. Because I sure as hell forgot him. I bet, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> now I'm uh, comparing their acting skills. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's what we got for Superman News and the rest of the news. And that's all the news. That's how the cookie crumbles. Oh, God. Can we just go off the next fucking segment? Well, you know, that is a line in a movie that Steve Carell was in. The one that you don't like for some reason Bruce that I Almighty? love. Almighty? Yeah. That's not that funny. That's why. I love that movie. The extras are better than the movie, though. <laughs> then obviously you don't love that movie. I do love that movie. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's talk about our geriatric... Not geriatric. Our recent <laughs> review—it's <laughs> hot, okay. Our recent review of Space Force. I want to welcome our newest four-star general, Mark Naird, formerly number two at the Air Force. Thank you. It has always been my dream to command a service branch. Our nation's internet runs through our vulnerable space satellites. POTUS wants complete space dominance. To that end, the president is creating a new branch, Space Force. <laughs> which Mark will run. What? This is a great adventure we are embarking on today. There will be setbacks, but greatness was never won without sacrifice. Oh, he is blowing it just like you thought. Yeah, it is a complete shit show. Oh, my dry cleaner. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they lost my dress wipes. Space should be a zone of wonder, not of conflict and death. The scientists who have loyalty to reason makes you a little untrustworthy. How much was that prototype? Four million middle schools. Cost as much as four new middle schools. Space Force came out this year. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know. I have a joke for that. But <laughs> okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, synopsis is the people tasked with creating a sixth branch of the armed services, the Space Force. The Space Force. Um, let's go ahead and just kind of just throw a spoiler warning. Well, let's just say we're just getting the spoilers. Cause this it's going to be hard. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard because it's a series. I mean, yeah. but also we don't really have a whole lot to talk about with yeah. it, with this one. Yeah. So I might as well just... I mean, if anything, there's really... N- surprising, there's really no, like, huge reveals or anything that's really spoiler-worthy mm-hmm. within the series. It's just, like, it's just a workplace comedy. You know, it's, it's created by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels. You know, Steve Carell, who's known for The Office, The Morning Show, Vice, and other other projects. And Greg, Greg Daniels, who um, did upload Park and Recreations and The Office, so... Want to hear something funny? What's that? Steve Carell said that Bruce Almighty was his first big budget film. Yeah, I remember that. And he didn't know any better, but they okay. basically 
whatever, you know, when you're a new actor or whatever, mm. you do whatever they say. Okay. And they literally lit him on fire. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's in the outtakes. Um, uh, or you can find it. You, but, you see it on YouTube, yeah. But, yeah, he's like, yeah, they put, like, you know, whatever they do to make it so that you don't really catch on fire. And then they had, like, this big flames coming out in three directions from behind his head. Mm-hmm. And But they ultimately took it out because they thought that that was too mean and that's something that God wouldn't do. <laughs> Have they read the Bible? God does some <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> He's doing some fucked up shit right now. <laughs> no, that's people. All right. So, yeah, just off the, just off the top row, we're just going to spoil the shit out of Space Force. Um, if you guys don't want to be spoiled, go ahead and... Move on to the geriatric cinematic. Yeah, move on to the geriatric cinematic. Okay, so what did you think about this show, Kelsey? Very disappointing. I share that exact same sentiment. Like, I wanted it to be something great. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a missed opportunity to make this more about the president. Like, because he's the one who keeps advocating for it. Yeah. And all they do is, like, make, like, little mentions about what the president wants. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really, like, evoke any type of comedy or mm. drama, really. Yeah, it seems like they don't go, they don't. They're not going balls to the wall. Yeah, they're not hitting as hard as it as it could go. It's like they're afraid of backlash or something. That's the thing. Even if, even if it <sighs> I don't think they can get backlash from it unless it was like something completely like mortifying or some something, something like that, like a controversial comment like about black people or or minorities. Well, no, they wouldn't like, get backlash from people, but backlash from the president or you know Republicans mm, or whatever. Because if yeah, you, if you're poking saying. fun about the space force, which they're not even doing that well. Yeah, not really. They're, they made it into like a legitimate branch. Mm-hmm. Of the military. Yeah. Um, that's trying to, like, you Do know, something. colonize the moon. Yeah. And instead of it being, like, maybe how the president is trying to get this space force, yeah. like, into existence or whatever, it now it all, like, it already exists. You jumped all of that to it exists. Mm-hmm. And they have four years to colonize the moon. Yeah, it could have like the show could have really took like some ridiculous turns with the idea of this whole branch of government that's essentially, I mean, in the real world, it's actually kind of considered. I don't want to say the laughing stock, but people are just like, do we really fucking need a space force? And the fact that, um, you know, and it, I mean, I like we're not government officials, but it comes off as like they're trying to militarize it. The whole the whole idea of fighting in space. Or maybe it's like a laundering scheme so they can get as much money as they can. Yeah. Um, but this one, it actually, it, it kind of gives the whole idea of Space Force more heart to it. And that's cool and all, but I think they could have, like I said, it could have been funny to really to, to really go that route. Some of their jokes are very outdated as well. Like mm-hmm. from, I guess they want it to be shocking that the wife ends up in jail immediately. Yeah. They don't tell you why. Yeah. She has cornrows in jail. Yeah. Um, they are 
sexist, racist, like not even in funny ways, mm. constantly digging at Chinese people and the China and the China, like ch- the Chinese are doing this and doing that. And it's like not funny. Mm-hmm. So if it's not funny, then it's just rude. Yeah, it's the character uh, Jimmy O. Jimmy O. Yang is. I think he's. I don't think he's Korean. I think he's supposed to be Chinese. He's supposed to be Chinese. Yeah, and they have made like a couple like Korean jokes into it, but it's like, all right, that wasn't really that funny. It wasn't really offensive, but it was just like, yo, you could actually make that funny. Yeah, and then the fact that they put the one black chick with the one Asian guy, (laughs) and then (laughs) they're. And then they're like, yeah, because, you know, statistics say that, you know, black people and Asian people do really well together because they have similar cultures. And it's like, okay, like you're still. You're like perpetrating to the uh, the whole stereotype idea. Yeah. Within that. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's a sitcom about stereotypes, mm. but they made it as unfunny as possible. Yeah, it's actually kind of boring. There, there are episodes where it's, it is... Don't get me wrong. There are parts where I was actually laughing. Not like super hard, but I thought like, oh, that was pretty funny. You're or breathing that was hard out your nose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, one one person who I actually do like, and that's just that just kind of goes into this guy's level of acting, is I did like um, the John Malkovich character. I like the fact that he was the, the straight man. In the series, because a lot of these characters are kind of ridiculous. When I, then I, I know Stephen Carell is supposed to be the straight man, but he seems like a Michael Scott character from The Office, but just not that much charm into it. The media guy, what do they keep calling him? It sounds like fuck Tony. I don't know what. That's the thing. When they kept saying fuck Tony, I because re- I remember I had when I was in ROTC in high school, there was a guy, uh, my ROTC teacher, his name was Facundo. And I thought, like, oh, maybe that's just, like, his name or something like that. Like, maybe I'm hearing it wrong. I'm hearing fuck Tony, but I really should be hearing Facundo or something like that. I thought they were just saying, like, fuck Tony, like, he's a fuck boy or something. Probably. Like, fuck Tony, and then they call him Scarapaducci. Like, how thinly veiled is that? And he's a really annoying fucking character. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz can be funny. I think he seemed like they took... Once again, this is a Greg Daniels show, so it seems like... They took Ben Schwartz, his character from, from Parks and Rec, and threw him in here mm-hmm. and made him more annoying. And then they took Steve Carell from The Office, or uh, Michael um, Michael Scott from The Office, put him here, and just made him dead serious. Like maybe his wife died. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like dead serious. Um, I did like, what's her name? Uh, Tanya Newsom, I think is her name. She's the black astronaut. Yeah. Um, I did. I was digging her character a bit. Not a whole lot, but I, I liked. I think that's probably like the only person I really liked in the show. Like I could be friends with her. Yeah. She's cool, but like nothing stellar. Yeah. And then there was uh, uh, Aaron, or, I'm sorry, Diana Silvers, who I get, I know it's adolescence, but yo, there were times I was just like, oh, I, I would not want this girl to be my daughter. <laughs> like, that was his daughter in the show? Yeah. She looks. She has like an annoying uh, Kendall Jenner face. Really? She looks like Kendall I Jenner. Of, I mean, think about that. Yeah, and she's skinny too, like mm. Kendall Jenner. <laughs> okay. She's Kendall Jenner. Um, in disguise. 
Okay, so what did you think about at least some of the acts, at least some of the performance? I know we were kind of just wailing on the jokes, but do you think anybody that was at least like the performance was okay or anything like that? Um, John Malkovich. <laughs> Go back to Malkovich. Yeah, that's Malkovich, man. Well, the thing is, I've never really seen him in anything that I found groundbreaking because I've not really seen much of his stuff anyway. Mm. The one thing that I really did see him in mm. was a show called, I think, Black Flag or something like that. Where he was like a pirate, right? Yeah. I heard about that show. It was weird. Was it really? It was weird. Eesh, Jesus. It was really fucking weird. Like, the type of weird where you're like an adolescent having this really weird dream and it's not sexual, but it kind of feels like it is. And th- things are just have this weird kind of weird tension, and then like there's way too much eyeliner on everybody, and he's really fucking weird. His character's weird. That, if anything, I say I can tell you that John Malkovich is a weird cat, and his his choice of performances is really fucking weird. Um, yeah, every time I thought about him in that show, I was like, why the fuck is he a fucking pirate? <laughs> but he's the lead pirate. Was he like a black beard or some shit? Yeah, he was. Oof, Jesus. <laughs> My God. Did you? Okay, you saw Bird Box, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he was in that movie. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember for how long. I don't remember. Okay. So- I, thought his, I thought his acting was good because it was... It's funny. It's supposed to be a comedy or whatever. Mm. He wasn't funny, but he was the most sincere character out of everybody. Yeah. And he was really impassioned about everything he talked about. Yeah. Like he was, uh, he was like the voice of reason for most of the show. There were a couple of times where he like was losing it, but Mm -hmm. you you can tell it was much earned because of the stress of him trying to write the ship. Yeah. Like him and him and Stephen Carell, they're like, they're button heads like back and forth um and they do this thing where it's kind of like science versus military brain versus brawn and stuff like that mm-hmm. but they never go like full ham on it um yeah. and a lot of the times they end up just kind of just becoming friends like yeah. almost like reluctant friends and shit like that the one thing that kept actually one thing that really kept me going on the show is that at the end of every episode they were kind of reveal something mm-hmm. that would make you want to come back to the next episode i don't think it ever made me want to come back to the next episode well there was like the first episode where they f- i think it was the first episode when they launched the rocket into space mm-hmm. and then they were looking through the telescope and then they saw like a china uh like spaceship kind of come in and like take out their satellite and then like you just see the secret go motherfucker and then end and i was like okay let's let's see what happens with that i think that's a cheap like a cheap trick, like does it get to uh, bring audience members back? Yeah, like kind of work for me. <laughs> it's really transparent, mm. and they never resolve anything. What do you mean? Like it just kind of becomes a non-issue after everything that happens. Mm. Oh, no one's mad anymore. Just do better next time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like the whole satellite thing. Yeah. The whole satellite episode was just like, we lost the satellite. Okay. Whatever. Or they, they're rockets that India ended up with. 
Oh yeah, and like okay, and they're like, like whatever. Okay, you know, apparently they did make their own. They just did it before we did. Yeah, I think I think the one thing this show really lacks for most of it is like they don't really have any stakes. Mm. Like, even even in the office, I, and I I don't I haven't watched every episode of the office. I've seen it like here and there, but I know there are. I mean, just just for any type of writing uh, writing of a series, you got to have like stakes, or you got to have a an overarching arc at least for the season. Mm-hmm. And like, um, like like I can think of like uh, what's it called, uh, the good place. You know, the whole like, are they in the good place or not in the good place? Are they going to get caught or they're not going to get caught? You know, stuff like that. And this one didn't really have one. It was just like, we got to get the space. We got to get the space. We got to get the space. And they had like a small hurdle and a small hurdle, and then they got the space. And then it wasn't until like the last episode where we're like, okay, cool. Now we're getting some fucking stakes. And it actually start. It seemed like it started picking up. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with Space Force, really, mm-hmm. because he got kicked out. Like it was kind of dramatic because he was like detained and Steve Carell's the, character. Yeah, and the Air Force came in and took over. Yeah. Um, but. Then he went to go rescue his daughter who didn't need rescuing. And then his wife escaped jail. That thing was kind of like, what? Um, I will say the realest, the realest part of the show mm-hmm. was the conversation his wife wanted to have with him when they had um, the conjugal visit. Yeah. See, that I did. I actually really did like that scene because it, it actually showed... The dynamic between um, uh, what's her name, uh, Lisa Kudrow, and Steve Carell, and the mm-hmm. husband and wife, and we 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 get more of a an inside look of their marriage and how strong they're how strong they're together. I didn't get any of that. Okay, I mostly just liked it because you have a very traditional person and a very open person trying to have a conversation with each other mm-hmm. about how to make their relationship work yeah while she's in prison while she's in pr- prison yeah and like you get the thinking of the traditional person like we took vows this isn't right like i don't think we should open our marriage mm-hmm. and she's like we can still love each other even if we're you know we have an open marriage yeah you know and she was being realistic. She was like, "I'm," I, for at for a minute, I thought she's uh, for a while. I thought she was going to be there in prison for four years, but then she said, "Like oh, 40. 40. which it begs a question: What the fuck did she do? Yeah. Like it's it's they never they I don't they never sprinkle out that little little tidbit. Like what the fuck did she do to get thrown in jail for forty years? I think they want you to just wait for the next season to find out. Yeah, that, I have no problem with that. But, but it's not but like give, not enough. I know, but yeah, give me something. Give me like, oh, this is a rumor or something like that. Or yeah. she might have done this. Or it's questionable what she did. Or someone really pissed off at her and like never forgiving her. Exactly. Nobody's mad at her. They're just like, oh, cool. My mom's in prison. She still parents me from prison. Cool. Yeah. But uh, I didn't mean to hijack what you were saying about the, the, the marriage. Oh, I think that's the realest part. I think mm-hmm. the funniest part was the exoskeletons. Oh, oh yeah, that see now that episode was really funny. I was actually laughing. Which at is that funny. One. I was thinking in my mind, like this is what I was thinking. Mm. Remember when you didn't show me any community episodes mm-hmm. except for the paintball episode? Yeah. And then here's this episode, and they're 
playing laser guns. Uh-huh. And it made me think of community. Oh, so really? I was literally thinking like, like, I wonder, I think they're trying to redo that episode. Of community with the whole paintball yeah. battle? Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, community, um, I, I was watching an episode of community now, which is like, yo, that's, that's an episode of this, but I can't remember what it was now. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, the laser tag, no, no, it wasn't laser tag. It was, um, like pellet guns. No, were, but it was, it was like electricity. Like they would actually get shocked. Oh yeah. When the balloons would, when the balloons were pop. Yeah. 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 Now, so that episode, I thought that episode was actually really funny. I was cracking up, especially cause how ridiculous it was. And see, this is like, this is like how. Like the way how they were having like this the exoskeleton and then how they were trying to simulate like a battle in space with wearing these exoskeletons and then oh, these these um these braces on these legs that's supposed to help them like with their agility and their speed and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but also tacking balloons around their bodies to make it seem like if they're wearing a suit if you get hit punctured once like that's it you're out. See that was like the ridiculous nature of space force that I was like, expecting throughout the whole series. Yeah, like, just, just how like, would you make that work on, on the moon? Exactly. But, like, we didn't get a whole lot of that. We had, like, a lot of, oh, we need to get this ship out into space, or, oh, we need to... Like, there was, like, an episode... Like, seriously, there's, like, a plot where um, uh, Ben Schwartz's character and Jimmy Yang's character were, like, trying to come up with, like, a birthday present for the president? Mm-hmm. And at the end, like, they, they decided to name a star after the president... And, like, that whole plot could have been thrown outside. Yeah, we didn't need that. Like, no, it seemed like that was, like, that was honestly, like, a filler plot. Uh, the best filler plot, I would say, would be the ice cream falling inside of the expensive car. Was it really a plot? Yeah. Uh, I just saw it as, like, it's because a gag. It, the- it, I mean, it was a gag, but I'm saying, like, it was, like, a little filler. Mm. It was a gag, like, the star naming thing was kind of a gag. Yeah. Um... I thought that was kind of, but then they fizzled out. Yeah. And then they even would like, they would set up these like potential like running jokes or running gags throughout the series or um, plot, uh, like plot lines that would, that would pan out. Like the fact that the sister is dating a guy who's older than her, mm-hmm. but this guy is like working for, is working for the Russian government and supposedly he's trying to get close to her to get to get Steve Carell's like secrets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, like he's in it. He's in that, he's in the episode for like, I think it's like in two episodes. And, and it seems you like don't he's, see him anymore. yeah, he like pops up like one more time and like, that's it. And it never goes anywhere. Exactly. It doesn't go anywhere. And I was just like, why did you even put that in there? Like, it would be, if you were going to use that, which also it's kind of low hanging fruit, mm. but if you're going to use it, use it. Don't just mention it and then forget about him. And then mm. she's talking to the dumb guy. Like she's talking to the obvious spy. Mm. Either you make it clever and he like, you don't know if he's a spy or not, but mm. that he's blatantly a spy. Yeah. And even doing like things where he looks like, oh, I, I, uh, how are things with you and your father? Did he talk about his mother's maiden's name? Like that. And it yeah. was just like, all right, you just asked for like a password question. That's not funny. Yeah. Um, so she's talking to the obvious spy, and then she's talking to the dumb country boy, mm-hmm. like, which is also another stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's just a show about stereotypes. Yeah, and even like they, you can tell, you can tell like they, 
you can tell the way how they were doing some of the writing is like they had like a plot here. Let's see where this goes. That doesn't work out. So let's go and do this instead. So they were like introducing certain characters and bringing them in. Like they brought in like the like the dumb kind of redneck guy. They're, they're like she, he's obviously supposed to be some type of relationship with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it seems like that would have worked out better if it was like from the jump. They yeah. Would have like let that played out or <clears throat> how they get into um, how how they kind of get into like Ben Schwartz character and how uh, he was with somebody who was also in PR and how she kind of like fucked him over. Mm-hmm. And there's like a sense of like tension between the two, but there's like a sexual tension. But between the two, they're like that's something that could have been played out. Like they like they set up all these characters, but they gave them half-ass plot lines. Like they would give them halfway at the start, get into the middle, and not finish it, and then jump to another one. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, yo, you're like, like to the point where I like I'm almost like forgetting most of the episodes now. Yeah, exactly. Um. Also, the potato thing was funny. Okay, that's another episode I. Okay, now this is where I think the writing starts shining. It starts shining. It starts to shine. Is that potato episode? Yeah, where Steve Carell's character has to stay in a like a. Well, they they lose like one of their crewmates goes mad mm-hmm. that they're doing this um, study on to see like a habitat study, right? Yeah, like a habitat study is to see like if you could have people on the moon for a long period of time and how mm-hmm. they would survive together. And they couldn't find anybody, or they were gonna start looking, and he just like, no, I volunteer. Yeah. And so he went to live in this tent for a week. Yeah, and he like in, he interacts with the people in there. There's like this like this whole thing about potatoes, but how like Steve Carell's character, they kind of they get more into him and how he like is stressing out because of everything seems not to be going the right way mm-hmm. in the face face force. And like I said, it's just weird because there are there are parts in the show where it's like okay, cool, like we are getting some character background. We're building like connections. We're getting to know these people more. And it's just like oh, here's a dumb joke. And mm-hmm. just like lost, just like falls flat on his face. Yeah. So I feel like we didn't really say anything nice about this show. <laughs> um, I know we're not the only ones because I, I read a lot of, re- I didn't read, I, I try not to read reviews before Kelsey and I start talking about them on the podcast because I don't want it to recycle someone else's ideas. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want it to influence my idea or anything like that. But I did see a lot of headlines at, um, for these reviews and it was just like, Space Force is sloppy, it's a mess, it fizzles, like, it, there's potential, but it doesn't add up, or stuff like that. Uh, one comparison I heard to this is that it's like Park and Rec, where Park and Rec didn't get their footing until maybe, like, the second or third season. And mm-hmm. that show is, like, very beloved. So, I'm I'm hoping that if they do get a second season, which I don't know if they will, there's no news of a second season coming out, or mm-hmm. if it's been commissioned or whatever... Um, I, I would like them to actually take time and create into fleshing out a season because it seems like it almost seems like this one was kind of rushed. It seemed like it was already a mini series, and it probably should have been like a, if you could ever imagine it, like a micro series. A micro series, like what three episodes? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Shit. Like like they did it so fast. Mm. Like I don't know. It was just. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. I don't know kind of show. I know. That's the thing that sucks because like Kelsey and I went into this thinking like, okay, this is going to be dope. We like this shit. Is, this shit is going to be funny. Yeah. It's, the concept is ridiculous. T- 
totally relatable. They can really make a lot of fun out of this shit. And they just kept holding back. On you the, know on who it jokes. needed? Hmm. Writing. Not even acting, but writing. Oh, more writing to it? No, no, no. Do you know who should have joined? As a writer? As a writer. Who? Donald Glover. Hmm. Okay. Isn't he oh, the one why, who why, why wrote? Glover? Didn't he write something like a script or something and then release it on Instagram? Oh yeah, there was a um, Donald Glover and his brother. I forgot his brother's name. They were working on a script for Marvel for a Deadpool animated series that was supposed to come out on like FX, and then at the last minute, I mean they they had I think they had episodes written and they were ready to do this shit. And the last minute, like, FX dropped it. And then they blamed it on them. Yeah, and they blamed it on them. And then Donald Glover was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and release, like, a script of one episode. And he did on Twitter. From, but from what I heard, that wasn't originally a script for, for, um, for the show. It was something he just wrote to be like, fuck you guys. Oh, yeah, no, and, he did that, like, in one night, like, in a sitting. Yeah, and that shit was fucking hilarious. He, he does Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian because he was part of that comedy group. Oh, the Dare Comedy Group? Yeah, and he's done stand-up and stuff like that. He's a legit writer. Like, oh, I yeah, think hands down. He's he a has writer. a level of sarcasm and like that right mix of like sarcasm and comedy mm-hmm. that you would want to see in a show like Space Force. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he would if he, if he have meshed well with Greg Daniels. Because... Don, some of Donald Glover's writing is kind of like is it's poignant and like very relatable as in like kind of like racial issues and stuff like that but it kind of like put a little twist on it mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if it would have worked well with Greg Daniels because some of his writing is not of that caliber um, so I'm, then maybe they should have just used him instead of Greg Daniels who Donald Glover? yeah <sighs> I don't know I, if anything I feel like I'm now trying to think like what writer could they? I, I, I Parks and Rec in the Office are they? They don't age well. Yeah, they don't age well. Like it's comedy that was good in the the aughts mm. and whatnot, and we've already evolved as a society with the Me Too movement and shit. Yeah, and some of that stuff doesn't work anymore. And now, now you've just made a show that rehashes racial issues, gender issues. You know, like, people throwing away money at government things that we don't need and without it even being funny. Yeah, maybe so. Just to kind of sum up what you're saying, the jokes are outdated. They're outdated. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. I want to say that, um, oh, sorry for that pop, guys. Let me see. Okay, so crackdowns. Honestly, okay. I don't, I, I don't know why. Maybe he was not interested into doing this. Um, is he Republican? No, 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 no. He should have. Let me let me pull this cat's name. Uh, Greg Daniels. If anything, he, Greg Daniels should have. Um, he should have worked again with Michael Sheer. Michael Sheer worked with him on uh, on Parks and Rec and The Office. But even though those jokes back then are outdated now. Michael Shearer would have been able to make the jokes relevant today mm. and to make it and still have that level of like love and comedy that 
is <clears throat> is well known in the office and park and rec. So maybe maybe he went to Michael. Maybe um, Greg Daniels went to Michael Shear. Michael Shear was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And he kind of did his own thing. So you're telling me is Greg Daniels is someone who needs to be a part of a team? Like tried and tested? Yeah. I mean. And like also- like jo- like uh, Nolan, Christopher Nolan and his wife. Oh, you mean Jonathan Nolan and Leah Sejoy? That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Like, we get the right partner. Like, also, also Michael Shear, he's done Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And people love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. You, you've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I like, it? yeah, I like that, that show. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe maybe it would have worked better if Michael Shear was able to jump on. But maybe, I mean, Michael Shear probably was like, yeah, I'm busy. Like, do, I'm busy doing the good place. I'm busy yeah. doing this. Um, so... Don't watch the show. <laughs> yeah, if you if honestly, if you guys have not watched the show, then you probably will not watch the show. It's it it was it was honestly a drag. Like I, there are a couple of times I was like, oh, "Fuck, we gotta do this for the fucking podcast, man!" Like, oh man, I know. And some of Steve Carell, the way how he was talking was very distracting because he was talking like this. I know he was trying to be macho, which he kind of pulled off. I mm-hmm. will say, yeah, since he let his gray hair come out. Like, some, some people like were, there were times where I was like, and I remember it was in the news a couple of years ago, but there are times I was watching the show. I was like, when did he get sexy? Oh, yeah. You're not the only one. There's a lot of women who who thought that he, he turned sexy as soon as he turned into a gray fox. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at pictures right now. I'm like, damn, man, what's up? You look good, dog. Oh, <laughs> cleaned up and shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's all right. I mean, we're not gonna. We're, I don't think we can really recommend it because we're just like on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as fun as we thought it would be. So I think that's gonna be it for our review of Space Force. Yes. Wait, I have to tell you. What's up? You totally missed it when I was saying that it was thinly veiled about um, Tony Scarapaducci. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, because his that. last name sounds like Scaramucci. Oh, Scaramucci. Oh, for, um. So they're just like reusing, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, now we can move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our geriatric cinematic is Starship Troopers. In every age, there is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. What's going on? It's war! We're going to war! Now the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area. You kill anything that has more than two legs. You get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. This came out in 1997, and the synopsis is humans in a fascist militaristic future wage war with giant alien bugs. Directed by Paul Berhoven. Ben Hoeven. You always say that every single time. I love saying it. Ben, Paul Van Hoeven. It's to the point now where I see his name and I hear your voice. <laughs> it's you know, the credits. Hoeven. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> uh, he did Robocop, Total Recall, and Showgirls. Written by Edward Neumeyer. Uh, he did Robocop. 
Starship Troopers, Trader of Mars. That came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. The la- That's the last one of the Starship Troopers uh, franchise. Based on a book <laughs> by Robert A. Heinlein. Mm-hmm. Um, and people in the cast would be Casper Van Dien, Dina Meyer, Denise Richards, Jake Busey, and Neil Patrick Harris. Shout out to Michael Ironside. <laughs> uh, I wish I had more Neil Patrick Harris, but I love I I, I genuinely genuinely love that guy. That I, I love him. Great. Honestly, I don't think that he was comfortable in his acting abilities just yet. Almost. Mm, yeah. But I could feel I could feel like oh maybe this was kind of still a new career for him. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that because uh, No Patrick Harris is more most famously known as Doogie Hauser, and is he? Because I kind of only know him from How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, before How I Met Your Mother, he was known as Doogie Hauser. Obviously, this came out before How I Met Your Mother. Um, but what I read is um, on the set they would co- they would call him uh, Doogie Heimler <laughs> because of his uh, raincoat. Yeah, because it's very Gustavo. <laughs> Okay, um, Starship Troopers. Oh, my God. A movie that I fell in love the first time when I was, what, 97? So I was about... When you were 97? No, it was about 97. So I was about 14, I think, this movie came out. A movie I fell in love with when I was 14. 14, 15. Let's go with that. And here I am now, 36. And God Damn it, I still love this movie. Mm. Like, there are scenes that this movie still gives me goosebumps. Mm. It's so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Um, I like that this movie mm. kind of comes off as something that was good by accident. Yes. Even though you love it even more because you know it was on purpose. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I it, it shouldn't have worked because mm. of all the shit that they put into it, mm. but it did because it had a point. Yeah, yeah. From um, from my understanding uh, from the book Starship Troopers, which came out like in 1955 or something like that, maybe a little bit after. Um, the book is more dead serious. There, it, this, the book has been has been related to like fascism and militarism and then like all this kind of like and also kind of very racist and xenophobic and shit like that Mm -hmm. um from my from my understanding uh paul van herven had read the book read the first chapter and he was like fuck this (laughs) and then just gave it to uh edward newmeyer and he was just like hey man just tell me what happens and just write the script (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's so perfect because Edward Newmeyer did work on RoboCop, which is like a satire on like corruption and like police force. This is like a straight up satire on military mm-hmm. and how even though you can see a lot of fascist undertone undertones, mm-hmm. it shows how stupid the military and fascism can be. Even though they have heart. Yeah, even though they have heart. And like even like the main character some of the, the, the main characters, which is like um Casper Van Dien, uh, Dina Meyer, Denise Richard, Jake Busey, and Neil Patrick Harris. You like watching these characters. I, I, I. Like you still fall in love with them. Yeah, yeah, and I even like Neil Patrick Harris is in the movie for like maybe like the first what fifteen minutes. Yeah, and then he's like gone for most of it. Yeah, and like I keep forgetting, like damn, this dude is gone for most of the movie. I wish he's like more in this movie. 
No lie. Like, I was thinking when we were watching it, when we were going to start watching it again, because the mm. only other time I watched it was we went to, like, a midnight screening of it. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get to see Neil Patrick Harris. And for some reason, I thought he was in it more. Yeah. And then I was like, where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Like, where is he? Yeah. Even though even though the book, he's his character... Actually, I take that back. His character in the book, um, when I kind of did, like, cliff notes and everything, the character, I think, dies, like in the first like two chapters in the book. Oh wow. So they get I guess they gave him more in 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 this movie than they would have in in the book if they followed it like that. He is one of the most heartbreaking characters to me. Oh, cuz he turns so cold. Yeah. Like yeah. like he seems really caring mm-hmm. and um you know, like he's friends with the main character and mm-hmm. like you know, he he goes off and he does um I thought the cat was licking something. <laughs> no, that's just the cat just clack, 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 walking. <laughs> like, no, just, no, just don't pay attention to me. Walking by. Um, when you see him again, mm-hmm. you get a sense that he wants to communicate with the bugs to learn so that we could find like a resolution, mm. like, like a humane one. I like never he, got that from him. I felt like that's what he wanted. Mm, and then there was like a switch mm. to me I, like, oh I you're saying a, you're saying at the beginning he i was saying at the beginning he felt warmer okay and even at the end when he first shows up mm. i kind of got a sense that he just wanted to help and then you realize how he wants to help is to learn how to kill them better <laughs> yeah. like and I, I didn't think that's how it was going to go. I yeah. thought it was like, I want to learn like what makes you tick because mm. you m- probably aren't as worthless as we think you are. Yeah. Or, you know, like maybe we could actually communicate with you. Mm. No, like we just want to learn how to kill you better. Yeah. Even though like the, the most of the cast, they're not like A-list actors and I think I'll say like Neil Patrick Harris is really good at it. Um, I mean, but that speaks to the that speaks to his, his performance and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we still get like a slow like uh, turning of the characters as they are these high school kids who are like big smiles, especially like what's his name? Casper D's got the 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 squarest jaw of all square jaws <laughs> and that huge ass smile that would rival, I don't know, the fucking McDonald's moon or some shit like that. <laughs> but as the story progressed, like they are just getting like more and more fucked up. Mm. The fact that like his character almost dies a couple of times and he's even caused like a friend of his to die. Yeah. Like in the, uh, in the training grounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even how Jake Beasley's character, is just like, Oh, I'm coming in at this like career. And then he, he finally realized he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just here to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I, one one person I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and shit on is Denise Richards' performance. I mean, yeah. she's never been a good actress anyway, but this is really apparent. She does this thing where like she's looking at every, she's looking at the whoever she's talking to. It's too intense. Yeah, but like I, it, it's like she's looking at them, but at the same time, she's actually counting the calories she's burning. <laughs> I remember what it was that I said that I thought you were writing down. What was it? She looks like a Scooby Doo character. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What what. You said that she looked like um, like a knockoff Daphne or some shit like that? Yeah. Like, the whites of her eyes. Like, not the original Scooby-Doo. The one that came after where their eyes weren't white anymore. That was a thing? Oh, there was a huge thing about this. Okay. Where Scooby-Doo fans mm. don't I'm, I'm not like a Scooby-Doo fan at all. the so. second iteration of the show because they 
made their eye shape okay. not as pronounced, and they took the whites of their eyes out. Oh, like it was like they were teenagers, right, or some shit. Yeah. Okay. I remember. I mean, it was the same characters, right? Yeah, they yeah. weren't little little kids. Yeah, they were just younger, right? Like. Well, they were. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a little bit, but like they didn't have the whites of their eyes. Mm. And then, so that's why I was like, Denise Richards looks like that. <laughs> okay. Because it looks like she injured her eye or something and then the blood turned brown and now it's the same color as her overly tan skin. That seems kind of intense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think... I got, we got to stop saying the I things and everything. The... <laughs> The special effects still hold up. Okay. They 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 hold up in certain. They still hold up in certain scenes, um, even like uh, the night scenes and stuff like that. I they look. I think they look great, especially like the space battle scenes. Mm-hmm. They really hold up. However, when the daytime comes around, oh boy, you start seeing those special effects go downhill. <laughs> uh, however, it does. It still doesn't take away of like the level of like cool and action that happens. Because it's practical effects, and they're not shitty practical yeah. effects. Like, you could tell that they spent money on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't just, like, shoestring together. Like, they mm. actually spent time, they spent money, mm. and it looks like, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily hold up, but it's believable still. Like, it doesn't yeah. take you out of the story. I think because I think it's because they don't make they don't make a lot of the bugs look cartoonish. They really try to make them somewhat realistic or intimidating or kind of yeah. scary. Like the um, I keep thinking I keep forgetting how sacred. I think they're called arachnoids or something like that. Like the weird spider looking ones. Mm-hmm. Like there's those bugs don't really exist, but just the way how they move is very spider and then spider slash like praying mantis like. Mm-hmm. Like the moves are very familiar, and even like the um. What's it called? I think they're called like the bomber bug, the bomber bugs. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that like shoot. That essentially like shit <laughs> asteroids lava? out. Yeah, they shit lava. Oh. No, no, those, no, those sneeze lava. Mm-hmm. And the other ones, they shit out like plasma to like shake out the to take out the spaceships and shit. <laughs> but it looks fucking great. It does. I think it still looks fucking great. I think, except for the brain bug, really grossed me out. Oh, I think that was the intention. I mean, come on, he had a vagina on the face. He had a vagina and a butthole together. There were yeah, two holes there, like and they were both pulsating and stuff. Like and stuff. So gross. Like it just had some fun behind the scenes. One person I did not like, and I, I, I didn't like him because because of his performance. I didn't like him because my God, he this guy plays an asshole so goddamn well. Um. He was the guy who was trying to get with uh, Denise Richards' character. What's the dad's name? Patrick Muldoon played Xander. Oh, yeah. God, that guy was a douchebag. Oh, he's the one that I said looks like um, he could be related to, like, John Barrowman or something. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 at one point, I could have swore this dude was the same cat from uh, The Lost Boys. Uh I forgot. Let me see his name. He was his. What's that? What is that cast name from Lost Boys? Like I'm asking, like you know. Mm. Patrick's Jason Patrick. If I show you a picture of Jason Patrick and Patrick Muldoon, you would swear they're brothers. Maybe it's the same guy because he has Patrick in both names. Maybe this dude even is still acting. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, 
this movie it made me want to go and try to watch the starship trooper franchise oh i like, thought you were gonna say this made me want to join the military i bet you anything i fucking bet you anything kids when this movie came out i bet you anything kids saw this and it was like yo i'm joining the military i'm joining the military <laughs> you know i want to do the space force <laughs> <laughs> you know we're almost there because we got mm-hmm. movies coming out like attack on mars attack on mars or mars attack oh uh, Ugh, or, start on that movie. Yeah, you know, like all those types of movies were real popular in mm-hmm. the 90s. So, mm-hmm. you know. So this movie really came off as like a vehicle for Caster Van Dien to be like a leading man. Uh-huh. He had, he, I'm not going to deny, he has like those, well, he had, not not so much now, but he had like those real leading man looks. Mm-hmm. But from what I saw like later on, he was just like in a lot of like crappy movies after. And I, and I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. He had potential. He had potential with his looks, but he wasn't a great actor either. He probably was just relying too much on his looks. Yeah, exactly. He reminds me of the guy who plays Rock Hudson on that shitty Netflix show, Hollywood. Oh, I can definitely see that. Even though they don't have the same hair, like the same complexion with their hair and their Mm -hmm. eyes and stuff, they... They're both giving me the same feeling. I wonder if... Let me see if he actually looks like Rock Hudson. Because I can't picture him right now. I think I'm picturing someone else. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he does look like Rock Hudson. Holy shit. Maybe he's like Rock Hudson's son. Illegitimate son. No, actually, probably not. Rock Hudson. Well, I won't talk about Rock Hudson. <laughs> I found out the guy who plays um, the brother of the main chick on uh, Vampire Diaries. His name is Stephen R. McQueen. Oh, you say he's Steve McQueen's son, right? Grandson. I don't see it. I'm trying. I don't. It doesn't look like him at all. But. I feel like this this guy could really go somewhere. I feel like he has potential with his acting. He's got a... Is that show still on? The Vampire Diaries? No, no. It's oh, over. Okay. Um, one thing that really shocked the shit out of me was the fact that Rue uh, McClannan is the biology teacher. She played Ruth from the gold... Who did she play from? I think she played Ruth. Ruth. Blake. Or Blaine. Blaine. Thank you for being a friend. Did did, did, did. She played Blanche. There, there you go. She Blanche. played Blanche. Yeah, cause and the thing is, I've seen this movie like a thousand times. See, you know, I watched it. The Golden I Girls almost got the name right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Star Troopers like a thousand times, and I and I remember we were watching it um, as recently as last night. I was like, why is that girl look so familiar? It's fucking Blanche. Yeah, and it's funny because you don't think it's her because her voice is so fucking screechy exactly. and angry, exactly, and like her hair is like pulled back and like super so- militant and shit, like Butch. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I hear. Let's let's. I want to I want to talk about the, the undertones. Um, you mean. The overtones in between, in between scenes, yeah, with the you know the propaganda. Oh, would you like to know more? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so as a as a person who did not grow up watching this movie, Hmm. you know, and the first time you saw this was like last year, and we we watched it again um, the previous night. Could you really were 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 the fascism racist undertones really there? Could you actually see those? Yeah. Without knowing his history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even there's even I even got a sense of a little bit of like confederacy with some of it, like the parts where, um, like there's that scene after they they've they've made headway on Clathahu, I think the name is the 
the moon? Clandathu. Clandathu. And, like, they are camping outside. And, you know, Michael Ironside's like, you know, uh, I expect the best, I give the best. And he has, like, stuff for them to kind of entertain themselves. And then Jake Busey, for some reason, there's a fucking green violin in there. <laughs> and he starts playing it. And it reminded me a lot of, like, old Civil War documentaries and shit like that where you would hear the violin play in the background. Yeah. You know, we were cold that night. It was a it was a draft coming through the winds. <laughs> you know, General Malvin such and such. 1894. September 7th. <laughs> like you know, 1894 was after the Civil War. Well, it shows how good of a historian I am. Yeah. Is there anything that stuck out for you that you really liked? He chose the wrong girl from the fucking beginning. <sighs> that girl, um, Dina Meyer was thirsting for that D so hard. It was so fucking obvious. I mean, these mid 20 year olds <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Mentally. Yeah, this is at a time where, like, people had. People who play high school students were like in their mid to late twenties or even early thirties. That looked really ridiculous. I almost feel bad for them. Like I remember mm. last night having a thought about God, can you imagine being out of high school for at least a good ten years? Oh, then have to relive. That. And then having to try and recapture that mentality, like that mm. level of dumb. Yeah, some, I mean, I would imagine it'd be kind of, some for some, it may be like a second opportunity to come off as cool in high school. Mm. For some, for others, it's like, yo, I don't want to relive this shit. Probably most of them don't want to, because if you, not, if not you're an actor, <laughs> if you're an actor, you mm. started in the uh, drama club. Yeah. Which nobody likes. That's not entirely true. I was in drama club. No, I wasn't. I was. I was in stage production. But the yeah, they were kind of assholes. Yeah, like they they always get like the rap, the bad rap of everyone in drama club thinks their shit don't stink. But then <laughs> yeah. also they're not invited anywhere. Yeah, like they're yeah, they're almost like nerds without the scientific smarts. There, there's someone I know who was in drama club. Who? Um, I don't want to say her name on the air, but she was in drama club, and she's she's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in a play in middle school. Go on. Um, okay. I had two parts because they had to recycle you and mm-hmm. and so I did not have a main part. Okay. And we had those are the cats fighting, if you guys are wondering. They're but scuffling no, on the scuffling. floor. Yeah. Um I played a one of the good witches. What, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. What play was sorry. this? Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. But I, it was supposed to be like almost like a comedy, though. Okay. Um, I'm going to drop some knowledge. Kelsey already knows this, but I'm going to drop some knowledge on everybody. Never seen Wizard of Oz. Yes, never piqued my interest. All I know is the horror stories of that production <laughs> and how they fucked over Judy Garland. But go on. Yeah. So I played one of the good witches. Mm. Um, so I wore like an old pink prom gown that was probably... Like somebody's from like <laughs> okay. the eighties, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was all like all frilly and shit like that, like Halloween. Ro- <laughs> well, it had big puffy sleeves, <laughs> okay. and of course, like I didn't have the chest to fill it out. <laughs> so it was like you were wearing your mom's prom dress. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, go on, go on. I'm loving this. Um, and we didn't practice it well enough. <gasps> okay. <laughs> like, not the smaller parts, uh-huh. you know. So my other role that I was supposed to play is one of the monkeys. You know, <laughs> like one of the flying monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a speaking part. And Wait, the, the nice witch, doesn't, she, she didn't have any speaking parts for... Uh, she did. Like, I had a one-liner for that, uh, okay. and then, like, a one-liner for the, one of the monkeys. Okay. Uh, so, when we went backstage, like, we went into a classroom to get, you know, supposedly get ready for our next part. Okay. But because I was so, like, kind of amped for from being on the stage, like, that was my first You're, time. You're, like, feeding off that energy No, and no, shit. no. I was, like, n- it was nervous, like... Mm. Like, when you're coming down from something scary, you know, okay, like, okay. so it wasn't like, oh, I'm amped. It was like, oh, shit, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> okay, okay. And I forgot to go on stage for my second part. <laughs> like, I didn't even change or anything. I just left. <laughs> I did that in rehearsal, too. And the teacher got pissed. <laughs> the play with went on and you're you're you just you you didn't show up for that that one part yeah there were three three monkeys okay and yeah (laughs) i did not show up there wouldn't have to be a picture of this with you in that outfit would you no Uh, if it existed anywhere it would be on like a home video but i would kill to see that (laughs) i would so kill to see that home video i (laughs) i i have to give you i have to give you applause on that because i never did anything like that in school Oh, well, I take that back. I did something. I, uh, in third grade, we had a teacher, a TA, who, uh, no, no, we had to do a performance, a musical performance. And one of the, one of my friends or fellow students, her mother was a choreographer. Mm. And she volunteered her service to the teacher. (laughs) And at the time... Uh, what's Miley Cyrus's dad's name? Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. What's his? What was his biggest hit? Great Balls of Fire. That's Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Achy breaky heart. Achy breaky heart. We had to sing and dance. We did that too. <laughs> that's like the most I ever did. But that's kind of like I just blocked that out completely. We did a retirement performance for a teacher. Uh. When I was leaving fifth grade. Uh-huh. Uh, We're going like way off Starship Troopers. But I'm so into this. I'm going, <laughs> fuck, y'all got to hear this. We did. Um, what's that one song from R. Kelly? The I Believe I Can Fly? Yeah. <gasps> that pedal. <laughs> well, he, we, nobody knew he was a, well, it was, it was rumored he was a pedal, but oh my God. <laughs> That's even creepier. <laughs> yeah, all these fifth graders singing that song. Yeah, he would have had a wood if he saw that shit. Chorus was my thing, though, in middle school. Like, I did actually I travel. Mm-hmm. Like, my school was in Massachusetts, and I actually went, like, had to pay mm-hmm. to go on a trip for the weekend to New York to, oh, like, wow. an amusement park to, like, perform. So, like, to compete with other um, I know that. select chorus. Because I got into the good chorus, mm-hmm. even though I never got any solos. I probably would have shit that because I don't like performing in front of people. You probably would just left the stage. <laughs> yeah, I would have sang half the song and be like, okay, I'm done. Oh, yeah, and, wow, I can't believe I did that. I'm out. Good <laughs> job. Pat on your back. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's let's go back to let's let's bring it back to Starship Troopers. <laughs> okay, I have this theory. Um, I this I came up with this theory while we're watching this movie. I think that Robocop, Total Recall, and Starship Troopers takes place in the same universe. So you think they're like the Cornetto trilogy, but like yeah, I think Robocop is first. Total Recall second, and then Starship Troopers is the last. Because you didn't show me Total Recall yet. I have not showed you that yet. Um, oh, I gotta show you that too. That's this Paul Van Herven movie. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Starship Trooper is like the telling because it takes place in like in twenty one seventy five, twenty one fifty. I think twenty one seventy five. Um, but like the themes of it, they kind of match up the satire nature nature of this thing. The mm-hmm. like the police, like Robocop was like the first step in like technology, mm-hmm. and then Total Recall was like the first step in like colonization and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. in Starship Troopers, we get hyperspace; they go into like a galaxies away, yeah, to a different planet, and then we get the tail end of it. And that even like some of like I said, even the comedy matches up. With if um, if you really think about it, if you can at least go back to Robocop, like I said, the satire the. It also has to go, I think, with the production design as well. Because from what I read, um, the person who did the production design and other stuff did work on Total Recall as well. I mean, uh, as Robocop as well. Uh, Total Recall, I don't know yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Van Herven was like, yeah, they're the same universe. <laughs> even though they're like three different like, stories. Three different books. Yeah, like yeah. They, they didn't even write those themselves. Right? Yeah, Total Recall is a Philip K. Dick book, and I don't know where Robocop's from. I think it's like an original. Uh, Robocop is an original idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anything else to add? Oh, one thing I do want to mention. I think the score is still awesome. I love that score. Um, to to kind of help you, Kelsey, remember like the part where they're on that base and there is an ambush. And when Michael Ironside is like, fall back, fall back. And you hear the music like, dun, 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 dun. Like, oh, it like yeah. swells up and shit. Mm-hmm. That shit still gives me goosebumps watching it. Because I think it's, I think the score is still fucking dope. I was just reminded right now. One thing that, one thing that always gets me about this movie mm-hmm. is when they're in training and he says, you have, like, you have to be safe or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they go into like live fire, mm. and he, and uh, um, the main character, mm-hmm. he's like trying to lead his squad because he made squad leader. Yeah. Then he gets his friend killed. Yeah. I remember in training we went through live fire training. <gasps> I've told you this before. Well, have you? I think so. It's I'm, I must have forgotten. Please tell me more. <laughs> no, we went through live fire training and. Mm. You have to um, basically, with your weapon, um, like, we don't have live fire, but they have, like, towers with real bullets and whatever. Mm. Um, You're supposed to low crawl through a field. You're supposed Mm. to low crawl through, like, this field or whatever. And, like, at the end, you have to climb, Uh. like, um, a very steep like concrete wall okay like it's not a wall wall but like it's really hard to get up it because it's so steep right it's too it's like really steep yeah um but there's every time you get into something like that there's always like a story and they're like oh you know this person stood up and it was bad like don't stand up yeah and they got shot or whatever yeah so Um, did you ever see any of that during your training 
the worst thing I ever knew about my training was that there was this girl who knew she was pregnant and joined anyway, <sighs> and then got kicked out because they found out. That like, she was pregnant. yeah, yeah, like how you how you gonna not show that you're pregnant? Or no, she lost. No, she didn't get kicked out. She lost the baby uh, and stayed in anyway. Or no, she didn't. She was transferred. Like she decided she didn't want to be in anymore or something. I don't know. So they let her go. Mm. Speaking of the um, live fire scene. Um, my God, this movie's gory as shit. Mm-hmm. And they don't hold the fuck back at all. It's not even gory in the sense of human blood, though. Like, it kind of is, but mostly mm. you see alien guts. But yeah, but there's, like, that part where, like, they go into the base and they see all those bodies all over the place. Or they... Uh, uh, that was an intentional rhyme. Um, or <laughs> when they... Uh, or when they... Uh, You're when a they, poet and you don't even know it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You're the poet. Um, but the, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, the cat was running wild. I just spooked him. Uh, oh, so the part where they, where they land on, uh, Klandathu? Klandathu? That's another word I can't say. Klandathu. Klandathu. Um, it's, (laughs) before I get into that, it's, it's, it's funny because, at one point when they're like they're dropping the ships are dropping or then the drop ships and the guy the squad leader is like remember your training and you will survive this <laughs> and then all these all these bodies are laid out a hundred thousand lives lost in one hour like your training didn't do jack shit <laughs> yeah um we have these training manuals in the military too that tell you like what to do uh-huh. in case of like um like nuclear biological bombing or whatever Mm. Mm. like you have to actually train to put your mask on in a certain amount of time i've heard about that yeah yeah and like i don't remember what it was but it's something about hiding under cars or something like it's kind of like stuff that you would think came out of the 50s I i don't doubt that i mean that's what they would do in those those like nuclear nuclear scare videos where people would be like oh you know the sirens are going they're like hide underneath your desk you know all that kind of stuff yeah um but what i was getting at was like how that part where they show those bodies are just like laid out across like all this blood and shit and i read somewhere that the movie the movie was originally an nc-17 the only reason it was not was because they cut out four seconds of someone getting their head cut off <laughs> but i mean but like I mean, going back to the training scene in the movie, there's that dude who gets shot in the face, and you see the head explode. Yeah. And the blood and everything, which I found out that actor, and then the, um, I can't remember the black lady's name, but I found out like they had a kid together. Oh, really? Yeah, like in real life, yeah. <laughs> they met on set. <laughs> Did it have a head? <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> be totally weird. <laughs> Maybe but, it had three heads. Yeah, yeah, to make up for the, the lost fictional head. No, they had a Cerberus baby. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that smile. Yeah, that's a good joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the movie the movie is like violent as shit. And I think if, we, if I remember correctly, seeing the, this movie on like Sci-Fi Channel or whatever, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember them cutting that much out of it in terms of the violence. They probably didn't. No, I, maybe because it kind of, in some ways, kind of comes off uh, cartoonish. Yeah. Like a little bit too kind of wild and shit like that. Like um, that movie I told you I didn't like that was always on USA. Tremors. Mm. Oh, man. Tremors. But, but I don't, movie. what I'm saying, I will give it a chance. 
Because I watched it when I was a teenager. Mm. I thought it was good. I think it's so good movie. So yeah, the lifespan of a of a, a what's it called military? Well, mobile infantry. Yeah, five to ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> might as well be. I mean, shit, those people are just dropping bodies. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they have a quota of like people. Oh no, they had to have licenses to have kids, didn't they? I think they made mention of that. What do you mean? When they were going through, like, why you joined the military. Oh, yeah. That one chick was oh, like, oh, yeah, because yeah. I want to have a kid. Oh, yeah. So, I, I thank you for reminding me. I, I kind of want to talk about, oh, well, kinda, I want to talk about this this thing about how they talk about the difference between, like, civilian and citizen, being a civilian and a citizen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so... Um, That's I, a real thing in the military. Oh, civilian citizen? Like, civilian or, like, if you're a civilian, you're not military. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. But, like, the way of, like, if you join the military, you will get these perks. Like, at one point, like you said, one woman says, I want to have a kid. And it's easier to get a license. You got to have a license to have a kid. Yeah. Um, and even, like, um, there's a part. I, actually, I kind of wish they would do this in, in the, more often in our government. One of them says, um... I want to be. I want to go into politics, and you got to join the military to get into politics. Yeah, that was like the smartest thing. That that to me that that can work in a lot of great ways because we would be seeing less people gun ho to go to war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought that was really interesting, especially like that whole thing was like I have to have a license to have a kid. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking like almost like a weird dystopian future it is but i was wondering that if they're using all of these people in the military and they're Mm. all dying Mm. wouldn't you want more people having babies so like you'd have to have x amount of babies every year to Mm. replenish your military and also contribute to society like it's like one of those algebra equations that my daughter is doing right now like how many babies a year would you have to have to (laughs) replace this many people that were killed in the military and then <laughs> doing the battle of Kathapu or whatever yeah, it's called. And then have this many people left over to contribute to society. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes complete sense. Um that whole why did you join the military thing is big in the military. Mm. Um and also um what was I gonna say? I think it's funny he joined for a girl but like a lot of them are like legit reasons yeah one's one is um he wh- wants money for school yeah <laughs> he he says a line he says um i got into harvard but my father's not gonna pay for it it's gonna cost an arm and a leg and then later his character loses an arm and a leg <laughs> and he never gets into school yeah um okay so speaking of actually would you say this movie's funnier than what we saw in Space Force? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and this is and there's like it's not there are parts where it's unintentionally funny, but it works. Mm-hmm. Especially like would you like to know more? Yeah. You know, like oh, like there's that part in the in the movie where they show those kids with the propaganda. God, I love those propaganda videos in the movie. <laughs> it's so Nazism. Uh, I'm not saying I love Nazism. It just it just hits it. Hits you know hit it right on it's, the head. It's very satirical, so it's funny. Yeah, but there's that part where like they're stomping on the roaches. Oh yeah, that lady who's like, <laughs> like why yeah. is it all more ugly and shit. Like <laughs> whoa, holy shit. <laughs> and it even has the um, 
even has a scene where um, there are two people, there are two talking heads mm-hmm. talking about like if the bugs have a brain or they're sentient. Or, well, they're sentient, but if they have a brain, if they can think and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird how it's very Republican versus Democrat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very conservative versus uh, liberal and shit like that. Yeah. This movie's way ahead of its time. Exactly. Um, okay, so since we always have to ask this question, well, I always have to ask this question, Kelsey, do you, th- do you think the movie still holds up? Yes, I do. It sounds... <laughs> what? Do you take this man... <laughs> do you take this man to see if he still holds up? <laughs> <laughs> to be your lawfully wedded husband. So, I would have to agree that, um, despite my nostalgia love for this movie, I still think it holds up. I still think it is a great action satire. Um, I, after this, I, I believe, like, Paul Verhoeven kind of went downhill in his directing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his, he ended up doing Showgirls. was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> That's a really bad movie. But I, I still love this movie. I, it's... it's uh, I just realized I gotta show my daughter this movie. <laughs> even, though it's like, even though it's like a blatantly rated R movie. I think my kids were downstairs watching part of it. Because we started it. Oh, yeah, it, that's yeah. right. We just started And early. they were, like, kind of interested. Yeah. So maybe your daughter will be fine. Yeah. I've She's gotta, been watching those Jackie Chan movies anyway. Yeah. I, I My daughter is, uh, I've been getting her into kung fu films, and she refers to them as Jackie Chan films, because that's the first kung fu film I ever sold her. Shoulder was Police Story 2. Mm-hmm. And so that she refers to them as Jackie Chan films. Even if there's no Jackie Chan in it. Yeah. She's like, Dad, I don't watch Jackie, Fa- Jackie Chan film. <sighs> All right, let's find this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it still holds up um it's great it's a great movie oh i will still watch it like every day yeah well not every day but yeah, like years down the line if every it, five minutes ooh, that's a little too much then we do the round robin like the singing and you have to have a hundred tvs i am completely lost <laughs> okay uh anything else you want to add to this uh our discussion our somewhat discussion of Starship Troopers because we were going all over the place. There's a lot to talk about because I was in the military, so it's fun to talk about stuff. Oh. Ta-da. Oh, okay. We'll find more military movies for you to talk about. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. Um, the one that... Uh, the guy from A Star is Born, I can't remember his name all for all of a sudden. Star is Born. Um, Brad- Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper, yeah. Mm. The movie he did with the sniper. American Sniper, yeah. That movie fucked me up. I cried. Did it really? Yeah, but only from the military wife's perspective. Gotcha. All right, so that is going to be our show for this week. Um, we want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, you can catch our, you can catch this episode and all past episodes on all podcast catchers. You know, Spotify, iTunes. What else? Do you say Stitcher? Stitcher, all that jazz. Uh, next week, um, we are going to do. There's a reason why we're going to do next week's uh, movie. Um, it's all over the news. Everything. It's going to shit. There. Um, um, George Floyd was murdered by a cop about last week. Four cops. Four cops. Um, and it's, it's causing like that has kind of just started this whole 
heavy protesting, rioting, looting, and stuff like that. They're not in, they the protests and the, the rioting are not in conjunction. It's just people rioting or they're angry, they're frustrated, you know. And I'm not going to give a shit for it. Except there are people who purposely do that because they want to drown out the message of the protests. Um, just yesterday, I, I attended a protest that was actually that was getting kind of intense. Um, so we decided to do uh, WB's uh, Just Mercy. Uh, the, Warner Brothers has they have released the episode, the movie for free to watch on digital platforms. Like you can watch it free now on Amazon Prime. Um, for my understanding, I don't think you even need a Prime account. You can just type it in an Amazon Prime video and it just pops up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that. Um, uh, and our geriatric cinematic is 1989's Do the Right Thing, uh, the film directed by Spike Lee. Um, you guys can find that to rent on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, and Apple iTunes. And uh, uh, the topic is just like systemic racism. And we're just going to have... So it's gonna get, we're going to get pretty deep. Yeah. Um, I, I like... Because we had something else planned, and I was, he's like, how about this? And he showed it to me. It was uh, Just Mercy. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then he showed me Do the Right Thing. Yeah. I'm like, this can be very political. He's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. So then if this is what you're intending, yeah. then yes, I'm all for it. Yeah. we. I mean, this platform, we talk about film, but we also try to have it relate to what's going on today. And just, of course, we like that. As you guys have listened to the Starship Trooper discussion, we bring up a bit of our own personal stories into it yeah, as well. So please join us on that episode. Uh, it should be a good one. I'm actually really looking forward to having a discussion with Kelsey and to show her to do the right thing. Because um, every time I think of do the right thing, it just reminds me when I went to the L.A. riots. It just like comes back to me so hard um, whenever I think about that movie. Uh, but other than that, you have anything else to add to Kelsey? No. Nothing? All right. We want to bid you guys adieu. We hope you guys are being safe out there. Wash your hands and try and stay out of trouble. Not getting shot by rubber bullets. Yeah. Fucking cops, man. Anyway. So I'm going to leave you guys with a story. Very good story. See, I uh, I used to volunteer for my uh, my daughter's uh, soccer team. I was a, was it, like a coach? Uh, coach assistant or something like that mm-hmm. it's been a couple of years so i used to volunteer for the soccer team and i remember one day um the coach wasn't there so i had to take over the duties for the day and uh i was familiar with the kids but i figured let me go ahead and just kind of talk to them as a group and give them information to be like hey i'm going to coach you guys and as i stood there in front of these these children ages range from like seven to nine or something like that the words of Gene Raschek, played by Michael Ironside, came to me. I looked at them and I said, This is for all you new people. I have only one rule. Everybody fights. No one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Welcome to the Rottenecks. Next.